Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello and welcome back to Ayers on the Road. You expected that I would say that, right? (laughs) (laughs) I love how you say that, honey. And it's just like, wait a second, another week's gone by. We're doing Ayers on the Road and we're on the the roads of Southern Utah. Nothing, no place better to be in October than Red Rock country. Well, except for maybe Park City and the mountains. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh, it's so beautiful right now. Anyway, leave those autumn colors, but it is really nice down here in the Red Rock country, and it's going to be 90 degrees today. And we're coming in at, yeah, in the first week of October. Wow. Anyway, um, welcome. We are have a fun show today. We really always enjoy talking and we just are talking to the computer but every <laughs> once in a while we meet somebody that says i listen to you all the time on hours on the road which is yeah really nice. we love it we wish we could we wish we had you know we do we do a lot of zoom presentations lately where we have all these people and their little tiles on our computer screen and we can scroll through one screen the next and we see all those lovely especially on our grandparenting seminars we love to see all of the fellow grandparents. Anyway, sometimes we wish we could see all of you on ours on the road. Just it would be at fun you. to see who's there, but it's not going to work. But it's we- a podcast, Linda. You it don't is. know when people might be listening to this at two in the morning when they can't sleep and they and they <laughs> think I'm just going to go listen to ours on oh, the I road. Bet, yeah, I bet there's me, a lot of those. It'll yeah. put me asleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we're sure. glad if we can be and we, we have until. to say a great big thank you to byu radio for doing this with this podcast now we we've been either on the radio or on this podcast for 13, 13 years 13 years 13 seasons our daughters do a wonderful podcast called um in the arena with the Iyer sisters and Boy, they do a lot of work to get that podcast out because they don't have the luxury that we do of just working with BYU. And man, that makes it nice to just do it. And James Finlayson produces it for us every week. We appreciate week, him we so much. always appreciate James. It's great. So we're going to launch. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're really, I'll tell you why we're excited about these three-letter lessons, because they're going to become a book. But they're not going to become a traditional book. They're going to be a new kind of book. I mean, you you all know about Audible books, and you all know about Kindle books, and you all know about regular books. But this is going to be a hybrid book because it's going to be very brief sort of poetic overviews of what each of these three-letter lessons are and what what the concept is, why we like them, why we think they're little word pegs that you can sort of build your attitudes and, and your paradigms around as you live your life. But they'll also have at the end of each one a little click, a little link, and it'll take you right to the appropriate Ayers on the Road broadcast for a discussion of what that three-letter lesson is. So it's not going to be a physical book. It's going to be an online book. It's going to be a a book you can read on your computer or your phone, but you can click the links. 
So the the concept of that of each particular three letter lesson will be addressed in a sort of a poetic sort of suggestive form to your mind, and then to go further, you'll click the link and be able to listen to the discussion by Linda and me about that particular three-letter lesson. Just so you know, the poetic part comes from Richard. I'm not a poet, but he is a poet. He, uh, yesterday he called me and said, could you listen to these, this poem? I said, well, okay, how long? He said, well, it's short, but there's three of them that I just uh, peeled out this morning. <laughs> and they were really awesome, honey. You were born well, a poet. So. I don't know about that, but I do know that I love poetry, and I think poetry is getting... What do you think about poetry, and are we losing it in our world? Oh, I love poetry. It lifts your mind. It puts you in places instantly that you've never thought of. And uh, that's that's what I love about poetry. It's stimulating and fun. Well, and my poetry is not oblique or obtuse or <laughs> so, so abstract out. that you can't figure it out. In fact... I've been accused of being a simple poet. <laughs> I think you accused yourself. <laughs> maybe that. that maybe that's a compliment. But anyway, our three-letter lesson for today, it's actually number 31. We don't know when the book will end. We don't know if it's going to be 40 of them all together. I think we're getting close to the end. And by the way, any of you that, you know, you can always scroll back through Ayers on the Road about every third week or every Sometimes every second week we do a three-letter lesson. And anyway, today's is INC. Now, when you think of Inc., INC, you probably think of a corporation, right? Right. I mean, we had a company for a while. We had a little publishing. Oh, my, look at that. We're watching a hang glider fly by our our window. Oh, my goodness. Maybe wow. that's where we should be today here in St. George. But you know. You, we had a publishing company for a while. I thought had a great name. We still have it, but we haven't used it for publishing lately. It's called Ink Inc. I N K I N C. Oh, Ink Incorporated. That's kind of cool. Huh? Yeah, that's our imprint on some of our on a couple of our books. Lynn is like, move ahead, get into the subject matter. <laughs> but we don't mean ink in the corporate sense. We mean it as an abbreviation of the incredibly important word inclusive. Ponder for a minute the word inclusive. What does it mean to you? Does it make you feel warm to think about that word inclusive? What is its opposite? Exclusive. How does that make you sound? Shut out, walled out. Divided, division, dissension, all the opposites of inclusive are what we live with in the world today, don't we? Yeah, I mean, think about it's it. It's really the base of, of uh, one of the biggest problems we have, the exclusive part. But and to include people, I mean, starting with teenagers, you know, who are so into social media and hearing bad things about themselves or being excluded by friends that are ruining their lives. There are suicides involved. It is really, uh, it starts there, but I don't think it ever ends. People want to be included. 
in what they're doing. They want to be inclusive, but sometimes we blindly leave people out, which is really sad without even knowing that we're being exclusive. And we find ourselves in these silos of other people who think just like we do, watch the same news channels, have the same perspective on politics. And and we, we think we like to be around those people who think just like we do, partly so we can criticize all those dummies who don't think like we do or who watch the wrong news channel or belong to the wrong political party or have too liberal an interpretation of the gospel or too conservative. And, you know, we just, this division, isn't it odd that in the world we live in where we can all be connected and we can all see what each other's doing. We can all, I mean, you'd think we could be more united in a world where we're all connected and yet we're more, there's no question, Linda, this world, this country, um, our neighborhoods, even our churches, even our families in many cases are more divided than ever before. And what we're saying is those are all the antithesis or the antonyms of inclusivity. Inclusive is the answer, but we are having a hard time on all levels finding that inclusivity. Uh, we are, and I, you know, wow, it, it does start when you're very young, but it goes through adulthood. I mean, I have yeah. thought about it for a long time, but I sometimes stop myself and think, am I including people or do people feel excluded yeah. Um, yeah. when I talk about things I'm doing that they wish they were included in? Um, it hurts to do that. I think sometimes we're really pretty insensitive. Yeah, we're insensitive. You you put your you hit it right on the head on the nail when you said it starts early because we all know how concerning it is that social media makes people feel excluded and makes them feel like they're not in the right group. And we have this thing called FOMO, fear of missing out, right? We're just, right. We're, 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 we feel excluded in so many ways. And, and, and sometimes we take pride in it. Oh, we're here in our little group and we know best. And, and we call it clicks when it's little kids, you know, or teenage girls or whatever. But you make such a good point that it, there's a lot of senior citizens who are just as divisive in their thinking, just as exclusive, just as critical right. as, as, as kids are. So let us, let us read you this poem that, um, uh, that, that tries to express some of this from a gospel perspective we we are, as most all of you listeners know, we are Latter-day Saints, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And our theology, I believe, is the most inclusive possible theology because we believe in a God who, as most Christians do, I think, who is a father and who and we, in our case, believe in a heavenly mother, too, and heavenly parents who love their children. And no, no parent is going to have favorites among his children. I mean, maybe some do, but they shouldn't have. And certainly our heavenly parents 
don't have favorites among their children. And, and, and that very paradigm ought to make us more united as spiritual siblings. But I'm going to ask Linda, well, we may, well, let's read every other stanza here. And we're going to try to read it slowly and have you really think about it. And why we're doing the three-letter lesson, Inc., I-N-C, as an abbreviation for inclusive. So here we go. So the name of this poem is Inclusive. Another word for unity, the antonym of division, and the correct interpretation or paradigm of restoration. We struggle to explain, oversimplifying, and the onlooking world gets it backward. And so often do we. Temples are exclusive. God saves the few. Most are wicked and disqualified. Sheep are in, goats are out. Some have families and some don't. These are all errors of mortal, short-sighted, pseudo-division. Prophets have said our theology begins with heavenly parents. In that light, who would interpret gathering Zion as separating the good kids from the bad or tiny celestial as walled off from everyone else or exaltation as slipping in before the door closes? All these accuse God of being small and partial the direct opposite of all that they are. Please excuse the absurdity of our petty, time-bound judgments. Instead, look, look up. Let your spirit expand beyond our simpleness. All are in. All are theirs. All can have all. The how has been calculated. All we must do is receive and accept. And we have a longer than time to do so. We want it now, not for admission, but for joy. None can exclude but themselves. And that is easier to understand than we think. After all, who would you deny among your spiritual siblings? <laughs> I, I hope that resonates with you. I, I think we'll put the we'll put that whole poem on our Instagram if you want to read it. Just go to Richard Linda Iyer. All strung together at Richard Linda Iyer is our Instagram, and we'll I'll put that poem on as soon as we're done here. Because sometimes sometimes poetry says things better than trying to explain it. Yeah, And if you listen to it and you read it, you'll maybe decide in your own way what uh, what you think about this word ink. So we're going to take a little short break and then come right back for the second half of the show. And we're going to talk about how powerful and how important it is to be inclusive. And we're going to talk about how dangerous and how divisive and how hurtful the opposite is of being exclusive in the way we think and the way we act. So hang on, we'll be right back.
Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back talking about INC today. The third letter, is it a word? INC. INK is a word. Ink is a word. But we're making it a word today. Yeah. INC standing for inclusive because, boy, it's the biggest problem we have in our world today. I mean, you think about uh, the news when you turn it on. Every yeah. day, you know, yeah. the problems are huge because people are feeling excluded. Well, let's be specific. Some days when we have a few minutes, we just sit down and for the fun of it, we watch Fox News for a minute and then we watch MSNBC. And you would think you're on two different planets. <laughs> <laughs> and and both of them are so sure they're right. And as many of you know, I had the real privilege recently of editing, <clears throat> and, and Linda and I contributed an article within the new book published by Deseret Book called No Division Among You. And of course, the, the, the title comes from Scripture, and it's the Lord's, it's God's commandment that there be no division among us. And yet there are incredible divisions everywhere we look and and the saddest ones and this is what we wrote our our little article in the book on are the ones that divide families yeah whoa there are so many families and you can feel the heat coming up as this political thing starts again and we're going to be immersed in this for another year and it is just it creates so much division in in the world, but especially, I think, in families often. We are lucky because our children are all pretty much the same, although they have, you know, we could name who was on which extreme. but Or but, who was a little further one way than the other. One but, way. But, yeah, I don't know that anybody's extreme, but it, they do think differently, but we are basically have the same mindset. But there are so many families who have broken up. They won't come to dinner. They won't talk to each other because they – are so sure that they are right and they they just don't want anything to do I mean, with man, I mean, that things I, like that. On the surface, it seems absurd, right? Like two brothers or a, two siblings or a parent and a child who don't talk to each other anymore. They don't even communicate because they have a political division. One supports one candidate who the other one thinks is a crook or whatever. and And it's, in a way... And I know these are hard things, and when they, when you're confronted with them, they don't seem small at all. But but it's shocking to think, especially when both of those people are in the same church, they have the same spiritual conviction, and one of those convictions is that we're all children of heavenly parents, and you know, and yet they go to the ward or the church of that denomination and find people there that they think of as enemies or as you say Linda within their own family and and it seems it seems crazy and yet it happens all the time and and so what we're trying to do today instead of talking about oh how terrible it is that we're divided how awful it is to be exclusive how short-sighted and small-minded it is to not listen to other people with different views than you. We're trying to say, let's not 
let's not approach it from the negative. Let's approach it from the positive. The opposite of all that is our word for today, our three-letter lesson, ink, inclusive, inclusive, include. And when we're inclusive, don't you think the main skill is just to be able to listen? Yeah, and try to understand, try to see through someone else's eyes or or forgive them for being silly. <laughs> well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh. Okay, you're a dummy, but I'll forgive you. you know, all. I, I have to say, though, before <laughs> we go on, that we're all guilty of this. We are all guilty. Well, maybe there are a few people. There are a few people that, of course, that just are so loving that they don't have any negative thoughts about anyone. But I think the best story in this book is one that a friend told us um, about a new person moving into their neighborhood and thinking, oh, I want to include this person. Oh, the, I need to get welcome. I, and I like them. Welcome them. So she took, she'd make cookies or casserole or something. Casserole. A casserole. <laughs> and uh, so she got in the car and drove over. And then she noticed a sign, a political sign on the front, on their front lawn that she thought, oh, I can't oh, believe no. They're this one of those people. Supports this person. Oh my gosh! And she turned right around and went home. I and think she ate the casserole. No, no, that's not right. I think <laughs> she finally got there and thought, "Wait, I am part of this problem. If I am thinking that way, I am part of this problem." And I think she took it back. So that's a happy ending in her defense. But we all need to realize that we are part of the problem. I have some thoughts like that. You know, I just think. How can they possibly think I that? I guess I won't hang out with her anymore if that's who she's. Well, no, I don't. No, I don't go that far. But I, I do bother think to we, include her anymore in my phone calls. We have no my mailing list. Well, no, no, I mean that's what happens. No, but I think what we're judgmental. I mean, we judge them by a sign, and we just don't know who they really are. I just think we. This has really helped me to think a lot about how can I be more inclusive. So if you're listening and you're playing devil's advocate, maybe you say, yeah, but I don't have anything in common with people who follow that candidate or who think that way or who have this interpretation of the gospel. How can I, I, I mean, I can't just sort of hang out with them if I don't like them or if I think they're wrong. Well, wait a second, back up a little. Let's I mean, I think there's two things we can do. Number one is is say to ourselves, let's get the bigger perspective. Let's get, we just had our general conference in our church and several of the talks were about unity and and even about sort of this eternal, this sort of overview perspective, like when an astronaut goes up and he sees the blue marble of the world and realizes how much we have in common, that we're all humans. We all live on this little fragile planet. Or the scriptures call it the eye of faith, where we see, <coughs> excuse me, we see other people as our spiritual siblings. And it doesn't matter, it doesn't change that, that they have a different opinion or a different perspective or a different paradigm. And you don't have to agree with some, although the scriptures say, agree with thine adversary quickly. And I think what that means is listen, instead of writing them off because, well, they clearly don't know what I know and they're wrong. And and therefore, you know, I'm I'm going another direction. Instead, say, I ought to try to understand what they think. 
maybe I won't. Maybe I maybe I'll listen to them and I'll I'll just be even more convinced that I'm right and they're wrong. But just the act of listening might educate you as to how someone else is seeing things. And it's good to know that. You don't want to walk around and be an island who's just with people who are just like you. You want to try to reach out and understand. And sometimes sometimes it, to create unity or to be inclusive doesn't involve agreeing. It just involves listening and saying, I guess, I guess this is a cliche, but learning how to disagree agreeably. Right. right. I mean, you suddenly ran onto someone when you're talking along and you suddenly realize that they they really believe something someone told them that is not true. I mean, yeah. What's what are those called? Um theories, strange theories well, <laughs> that that they've listened to and they think, oh yeah, that's right, but it is it really is not. I mean, are are we supposed to just not judge? And conspiracy theories. We label the things. Word. Oh, that's, that's kind of, the word. I'm you're you're out. going with conspiracy theories. But listen and hear it out. You don't need to spend a lot of time on it, but but show respect and and realize that maybe if you had the background of that person or had been where they've been or had been around the people they've been around or had the parents they had or whatever, you might feel more like they do. And so how about a little bit of listening? And and again, the divisions don't do anyone any good, right? Right. It doesn't help. Who benefits when we say, well, I'm right and you're wrong? On the other hand, I have one view, you have another view. We're still humans. We still have much bigger beliefs that are that we have in common. I mean, let's say in, in right, our church, yeah. for example... Look, which is the bigger thing, whether I watch this channel or that, and whether I'm this party or that, and whether I like this politician or that, and whether I um, have, uh, you know, support one team or another, are those those the biggest things in our life? Or how would they compare with, I believe in heavenly parents. I believe I'm your spiritual sibling. I believe we lived in in a pre-mortal life before we came here to this world. I believe that we are able to make covenants and follow a covenant path and return to our heavenly parents. Those are such enormous things of, of eternal significance. And if we're in agreement on those, who cares if we have some political disagreements or some sort of surface tension among us? Let's Let's embrace that. Yeah, I think the antidote for exclusivity is love. We just have to remember that love is the bottom line here. And sometimes you think, how in the world can I love this person who is really crazy um, about what they think? But I do think that that is really, really, that's why we're here, to learn to love people who are down and out, not only down and out, but who think differently than than we do. And, you know, a wise man once said the two things that are that are much easier to do on this earth than they will be to do in heaven are to repent and to forgive. Right. And that's what it involves, isn't it? It is, definitely. That's the thing that we have to do in order to really get 
out of this exclusivity and into our three-letter lesson today, Inc. <laughs> inclusivity, include. Well, this has given me some thought about uh, things that I judge people on and so on, and I'm going to try to be better because if you just flip your mind and say, but but I really do love this person. He has so many good attributes and we can disagree on some things and we can still love him. Which outweighs the other. And it will always be the inclusive part, not the exclusive part. Now, this book, No Divisions Among You, it's easy to find. It's in, it's in uh, if you live in a place where you have a Deseret bookstore, it's easy to get, but you can also get it online at deseretbook.com. Well, and the reason I'm kind of pushing it, I mean, we've got an article in it and I did edit it, but I just love some of the other articles. Some of them are very metaphorical, like our good friend Kathy wrote a, a, a metaphor about a ward choir. If you're in a good ward choir, do you want, does everyone have to sing the same notes or is there room for some harmony? Can some people be basses and some be altos and can you still get along? Not only can you get along, it makes better music than if you're all the same. Yeah, I really love that because, you know, I've sung in choirs my whole life in college and so on. And the training is if you're singing, if you can't hear the person yeah. singing next to you, you're singing too loud. You've got to listen. You've got to harmonize with the person who's sitting next to you on both sides. And I think that is really a good metaphor because that's the important part right there. And I mean, look, here we are, Richard and Linda sitting here doing this podcast. And would it shock you to know we disagree on a few things? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh, that means I got to forgive you and, <laughs> and everything. Oh, gosh. But it really is so true. We do everything differently and we disagree. We used to disagree every day. And think yeah. how rich that makes our week. lives. I mean, I would, what would be the the most awful thing I can imagine? Just being personal here. If, if Linda was a clone of me or I was a clone of Linda, wouldn't life be boring? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes you think, well, this would be nice if we were a little more alike. But I think uh, we do bring a lot of um, angst and we also bring a lot of uh, inclusivity and open mindedness because we think so differently. So and, and maybe maybe we are the microcosm of what we're talking about, honey, because when we do have a disagreement or when we have a different opinion on something, because we're married, because we're committed, we sort it out. We take the time to listen and work. Sometimes it's a little rocky for a while, but we're the commitment's there. And maybe what we're asking ourselves to do and asking you listeners to do is feel that way about ink, about the three-letter lesson of inclusive Take the time to think it out and try, just be conscious of it, that exclusivity gets you nowhere and has a lot of bad fruits on that tree and trying to be inclusive. We're not always going to be perfect at it, but if that's the goal, we become better listeners, we become friendlier, we become happier over time, and we don't put ourselves in these little silos. So... That's our assignment for today. We're working on it along with you. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time on Ayers on the Road. Bye till then. Bye.